Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Hello, podcast listeners. Welcome to third crossover of Strong Root episode with Wine and Dime. You're not going to hear much from me today, but you're going to hear an awful lot from Carrie and her journey to find wellness in her life. As you all know, as an ambassador for the Seneca Lake Wine Trail, I often recommend wines, but in this particular situation, I'm going to recommend a wonderful place that you can go and visit if you're in the Finger Lakes area. Many people know about Watkins Glen is a great place to get some additional fitness, but the Teutonic Falls is someplace that a lot of people are not familiar with. It, it is gorgeous in the spring. So instead of a wine this time, I am recommending that you and your family and your loved ones take a little hike um, in the Finger Lakes area at Taconic Falls and you really will enjoy yourself a great deal. We'll put something in the show notes to um, give you some additional information. But remember, life is about events followed by dollars and cents. And hey, if you're in the area June 5th, don't forget to attend the YWCA fundraising event where yours truly is going to be the keynote speaker. We hope to see you there. You are listening to Wine and Dime, a podcast that combines two passions, wine and personal finance. Hosted by Amy Irvine, certified financial planner and owner of Irvine Wealth Planning Strategies located in Corning, New York. And now here's your host, Amy Irvine. Welcome to this edition of Wine and Dime with Amy Irvine, the third and final Strong Roots crossover episode. Going forward, you'll be able to catch Carrie on her own podcast. Be sure to subscribe to Strong Roots. And with that, Carrie, take it away. Hello, we are happy to be together and do this episode with Wendy Young. Wendy is a wife, mom, middle school math teacher, and fitness enthusiast here in my hometown in Valiant, Oklahoma. I've known Wendy for a long time and have trained some with Wendy, and I decided to have her on because she's an inspiration and works very hard, and uh, one of the reasons I wanted her to have her on is because this podcast is about making us stronger. And Wendy has changed her life over the last few years, and I enjoy watching her uh, in person and from afar. So I wanted to have her on and talk to us about how she's strengthened her roots. So here's Wendy, and I'll let her tell us a little bit about herself. Oh, yes, I'm glad to be here. 
known Carrie for a while. Uh, I've been married for 20 years. I have two beautiful daughters, one a college freshman and one a high school freshman. And I've been blessed to be a teacher for the past 13 years. Uh, I have a lot of students out there now, so I'm excited about that and seeing what all that they're doing now. And this is actually going into my fifth year of training consistently, uh, weight training, cross training, and running, and I'm really enjoying it. Okay, great. Um, As I mentioned before, uh, I wanted to have Wendy on because, you know, as a person and um, and one of the reasons for doing this podcast is each day when I wake up, I do want to be stronger. And whether that's physically, mentally, mentally, and, or spiritually. And so that's why I kept thinking about Wendy. So on that note, one of the things that I like to think about um, when I think of growing as a person is having a growth mindset Um, And I don't know if everyone's familiar with that or not, but basically a fixed mindset is a person that believes that the qualities that they have are fixed or unchangeable. And I don't really find that to be true. I think of uh, everyone should have a growth mindset. And so that's kind of where Wendy comes in the picture. Um, Someone with a growth mindset is believes that they have the ability Uh, their abilities can be developed and strengthened by way of commitment and hard work. And so watching Wendy over the last few years, her level of commitment, commitment is um, amazing. So that's one thing that, you know, I wanted Wendy to talk about was, um, and I made the assumption that she has a growth mindset. Um, So that's one question I had, um, Would you say you've always had a growth mindset? I would definitely say that I have, even even growing up, because I know that things take commitment and hard work. And that's what I always told my daughters and my clients, is we can change what we're committed to change. And I definitely see a lot of people with a fixed mindset. You know, we think that genetics and uh, play such a huge part in, in what we're going through. But it, it is their commitment and hard work that we can overcome a lot of those things. And, and my clients have always kind of mentioned that in the past. And I'm like, hey, we can. It's really about habits. It's about uh, discipline and, and learning the correct things to do. So, yes, she has a good <laughs> mindset. And I know, Amy, you do for sure, without a doubt. So, <laughs> I've experienced a rough mindset. So, okay, my next question is, was there, was there any one thing that you would say in your adult life, not necessarily growing up, but that made you shift and start exercising like Did you have an aha moment where you were just like, you know what, today I'm going to change? Right. Well, honestly, uh, about it will be five years in July. Um, I was like, wow, you know what? I really hadn't been exercising consistently. I would here and there, but I thought, you know, I want to get in shape. And when I first started, the main thing was I just wanted to be consistent because that's where many of us fail in the beginning is we go in and we want to do so much in the beginning and we overdo it. 
And then it's like, oh, wow, do we have to go back? <laughs> you know, <laughs> do we really have to do that again? And, and that's something that I've tried to, to say to my clients. It's about consistency. It's never about quantity. Yeah. I keep saying um, progress over perfection. Exactly. And I think, you know, this podcast is a perfect example because before I was on Amy's team, the podcast was something that was like, way in the future because I had to get it perfected before I can start. Like I'm not going to have a podcast for two or three years because (laughs) I don't even know what I'm doing and blah, blah, blah. But Amy already had one. And when you mentioned something to Amy, like you probably don't need to mention it if you're not going to be ready to do it. So um, progress over perfection is not really my theme for the year, but it's my word for the year is execute. And so when you get ready to execute things, Sometimes you just have to go and and take one step and then another step and then another step and not look for perfection. And that's probably been my greatest lesson this year is um, progress over perfection. And that definitely applies to exercising. So and which kind of leads to my next question that you've kind of already answered. But was was this like was your journey with working out and eating right? Was it a gradual mental shift or was it something that you've had to one little small thing at a time? And that goes back to mindset. Some people are mentally strong and just get tired of it one day. And some people have to slowly do it. Well, like I said, that, that mental shift was, you know, these are what, this is what's going to happen. Of course I had to ditch my um, Dr. Pepper habit and things like that, because I knew that wasn't part of where I wanted to go. back then and all that extra sugar and and start finding something to replace that 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 was healthy and of course just starting out walking and doing cross training class two days a week and then eventually running which was something that I really hadn't even planned to do yeah I know um I can say I haven't given I have personally completely given up sugar it's um for me I didn't wake up and decide I wasn't gonna have it I know Amy have you completely given up sugar wow (laughs) right so my doctor my doctor pepper was replaced with unsweet tea and you know honestly our bodies require 30 grams of sugar a day and sugar is found in everything so we're still getting that whether we want it or not in some items yeah right my my attempt was to give it up uh is is anything that wasn't natural anything anything processed was completely eliminated (laughs) were you a dr pepper drinker before so no dr pepper for me Diet Dr. Pepper, which is actually worse. I'm a Dr. Pepper drinker and I've made my family drink Dr. Pepper. And actually, I won't buy it from my house anymore. And when I left to come up here, it's spring break here. So Rainer's at home and he was like, Mom, can you please bring a Dr. Pepper home? It's spring break. (laughs) I'll think about it. So, anyway, um, so my last question about mindset is kind of about distractions. So what do you do to manage distractions? And before I let Wendy answer, I'm going to say from the outside looking in, it looks like Wendy does not get distracted. I'm just, that's an assumption I've made, but she seems very um, focused and she doesn't seem to get distracted like 
once she decided to work out and then once she decided started running, um, it appears that you're not easily distracted by TV and social media or anything. So is that something you have to manage? No, not really. <laughs> but I do keep myself pretty busy because with uh, teaching school and then I tutor students after school and even some college students. And then I have my weight training business in the evenings, <laughs> uh, two nights a week. So uh, kind of working in all of that. And I know that I have to stay committed, especially um, I'm training for my second marathon. So we're going to talk about that. Right. <laughs> but your food choices and, and your time management all have to come into play. Yeah. I'm having to work out before work since I'm unable to in the evenings. I'm not that disciplined yet. I'm still easily distracted by um, Netflix. But I, I'm, I consider it research because I like to watch documentaries about food. So we're going to pretend like that's partly research. <laughs> so, um, okay. Moving on from mindset. One of the other things that I wanted to talk about is habits and Early on, when I was started, first started doing financial planning, I wrote a blog post about habits, and I think we um, we've used parts of it at um, Rooted Planning Group. But I, I wrote a blog post about habits, and I used a picture of Wendy running because she's a good example of habits. Um, and one of the reasons I wrote the book or wrote the article is because I had read a book. Um, that Charles Duhigg had wrote and it was called The Power of Habit. I know there's a lot of good books out there, but this particular book was the one I happened to read. And he talked about um, how our habits, he explains that 40% of our actions performed each day are not decisions, but habits. And a habit is a formula that we follow. So we see a cue do a routine and then you get a reward. Um, so that's kind of what the article was, was about. And it was, um, it featured Winnie's picture. So one question for you is when you first decided to start exercising and changing your diet again for the first time, was this a habit you had to start or did you try to replace a bad habit? Well, of course I was replacing my Dr. Pepper habit and things like that and sugar habits. But also as I started running, your body needs certain, certain things that of course digest easily and are better for you for energy. So I started looking into things for energy. And especially as I started running longer races, um, they would call it the crash. If you hadn't had enough carbs or, or correct things to eat or nutrition, so over trial and error, I was able to kind of really change what my diet habits were. Yeah. For so what about more like when you first started, like the struggle from, well, you know, you always see like couch to 5K right. or whatever. Mm -hmm. Like what were you doing like now when you're running, what were you doing before during that time of the day? Well, I definitely wasn't exercising. <laughs> so, just like, right. so for me, it's like a mental thing. Like, right. okay, 
I know I don't really want to do this, but then if I do, I'll feel better afterwards and the guilt. So I get like, so for me, it's not just take it because I don't really consider myself a lazy person, but I would rather work Mm -hmm. than work out. Like Mm -hmm. I enjoy working. But then once I go work out, I feel better. Replacing a good habit with a bad habit. So for me, it really isn't that I have any uh, super bad habit. Like I'm not just binge watching TV or anything like that. Um, Just choosing to do something else with my time that I would consider still productive. But it's making that mental shift. So um, I guess that was the question. You know, did you have a certain thing that you stopped doing? Or is it just getting up earlier? Well, yes, it was getting up earlier and making time to do that. And, of course, I had a class, so it helped to have other people there to support me. Yes. And I felt like I was accountable to them to show up. Yeah. You know, it's like we, we all need each other there. So the cla- having a class was important in the beginning because we did kind of have that accountability to one another. Yeah. So, okay, which leads to the next question. It's really good. Do you ever, I know you probably don't now, but like in the beginning, did you think about not going? <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> you know, but as I thought about it, and in a way, it almost made me upset because I was like, you're tough. Mm-hmm. You can do this. Because, of course, when you start out, you're going to have those aches and pains. And you're going to think, well, why are you doing this? Why are you wanting to do this? But in a way, for me, it was a mindset of you've got to work through this. Muscles are being worked that you haven't used. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what you're going to feel. Yeah. And, of course, you start researching everything a lot more in depth. Yeah. And find out more about it. But, yes, of course, I think we all do. But in the last five years, I can't tell you... I can probably name the times I missed and it wasn't because of me just not going. It was a, a viable reason. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. Well, it reminds me of anything you do. Like in the beginning, you can, I can talk myself out of anything. Right. Even exercising, I can go in and I'm going to do four sets. You know what? Three's good. Three's <laughs> better than none, which is what I was doing last week. So, right. Um, I think it's too when you reach that point where you don't even think about it anymore. Mm-hmm. You just it's just part of your life. It's just a habit. Um, which gets off on a whole other thing, but I keep talking about one of my mottos or things I've adapted is from reading a book called Extreme Ownership. And I know Amy and I have talked about it because she's read it. And it's a Navy SEAL and he he wrote this book. But one of the main things in it is discipline equals freedom. And behind the idea behind that is if you have the discipline to do the things that you need to do, you're actually more, you have more of a sense of freedom and you feel better because you got them done and over with versus not doing it at all. It's something that just lingers on you all day. Like he gets up at, I think he works out at like 4 30 AM. Um, and then he has that sense of freedom the rest of the day. And that's actually helped me a lot in my work, working out, eating, whatever. I think that mindset of discipline equals freedom is uh, really good. So, okay. One, a couple more questions on habits. 
What was one bad habit that was very difficult to get rid of? And I think you kind of mentioned right. that. Right. Of course, of course. And those, those are still things that at times you struggle with because we're not surrounded with the best things. <laughs> uh, so you have to think about what you really want and make the right choice because yeah. I need fuel or a crash yeah. because most of the time anything sugar filled is, is a crash. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Well, what is what advice would you give someone trying to replace or add a good habit? Well, this is right up my alley because I, I tell my clients all the time. Because a lot of times when they're when they're beginning, they feel frustrated and defeated at times because they've given in. Uh, they're trying to really uh, change their habits, and it's like I tell them: if you've cleaned up your eating ten to twenty percent, you've cleaned up your eating ten to twenty percent. It's a gradual process. You, you're making the right step. You just need to keep going in that direction. And, you know, it's kind of like if you've got a flat tire, we don't we don't puncture the rest. We just, we fix it and we go. Well, and, and I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really... Because that way you don't feel so defeated if you have a, a step back because we can always keep moving forward. Yeah. Progress over perfection. Exactly. Okay, we're going to do a little shift. Um, and one of the things that I wanted to start talking about on this podcast um, is something that I think should be talked about a little bit more, and that's mental health. Um, so, like, one in five adults have a mental health condition here, and that's around 40 million Americans. So, that's basically more than the population of New York and Florida combined. Um so since the beginning of, I would say, in the last five years or whatever, do you think your mental health has improved? I would definitely say yes. You, you know that they say when you work out, just because the fact that I feel stronger, but also that's a, a mental thing also because you mentally feel stronger. Because, of course, I think it has to do with brain activity. Of course, they say uh, when you exercise, it releases endorphins. Endorphins make you happy. (laughs) Happy people aren't sad. Yeah. And they say exercise is the most underutilized antidepressant. And, I mean, that's just walking or working out as some sort of exercise to get out because it releases those hormones. And, um so that's very important. Yeah. One thing I have another runner friend that I think she's uh, ran maybe one marathon or whatever. But I hear her say, um, which she's a lot more uh, vocal in her feelings, I think. But she'll say, "I'm having a bad day. I think I need to go for a run. <laughs> I can get my mind right." Um, is that something you feel like? helps you with your mental health? Oh, yes, definitely, especially teaching middle schoolers. Um, (laughs) You know, because it's it's kind of a roller coaster at that age, but it it helps me after I've ran or worked out in the morning and I go to school and I'm all happy and excited and they're like, what is it? And I was like, hey, kids, I worked out this morning. That great. You know, it's going to be a great day. (laughs) I can always tell when you're excited too, like, uh, when it comes around time, which what you run five, she runs five Ks all the time. Oh yes. Um, like right now, you're tra- you're training for a full. Yes. Mm-hmm. And when is that? 
April 28th. Yes. Not very far away. Where's it at? Uh, Oklahoma City Memorial Run. Okay. Yes. I know quite a few people want to do that one, but yes. (laughs) Um, So go back to my little set of questions here. Um, On mental health, do you think, I know we just talked about running or whatever, Mm -hmm. but do you see where food has affected, like, you seem very disciplined in what you eat. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I don't know if you still are, you were literally eating like the same thing every that's, single day. That's still me. Really? Yes. It, it works for me. But your body gets used to, of course, what the specific things that you're eating, which makes sense. But I've, I'm pretty much in that mindset that I disassociated from food when I started running longer miles because it was never really about the taste or anything anymore. It was about the fuel and the energy. So everyone's like, you put no salt on your meat. You know, if you have a little bit of meat, you put no salt on it and you don't put any seasoning. I'm like, no. (laughs) Okay. And I'm sure my Brussels sprouts and uh, leafy greens are... (laughs) And then um, my kids at school are like, oh, there's the cucumbers and the carrots. Yeah. So do you do you feel like, I mean, you seem so far into it and disciplined enough. You don't really feel like you're missing out. No. And I look at it that way because I know once I run my long runs, that's totally different. That's just a whole new aspect of where nutrition Mm -hmm. comes in because mentally and nutrition wise, I have to be on point as I call it. Yeah. Because if you don't have enough of everything that you need, you're not going to make it all those miles. Yeah. And if you have too much of the wrong thing, it's going to affect your digestive system. So trial and error, it's it's something you really learn as a runner, which yeah. has really helped me. But also you can tell in your skin and just uh, your energy level yeah. as to what you eat. That's like kind of where I'm at. I'm really like, I'm an overanalyzer though. I try to like get all into it. And one struggle that I, I think if it were just me, it would be easy. I think I can be an all in or all out person. But when you're feeding your family, you know, it's, you don't want to you know, race whiners or complainers, but at the same time, you got to feed all these people. Is that something? How do you manage that? Well, honestly, um, my daughter did have a junk drawer, as we call it, and it was (laughs) hidden. Um, I didn't want to know about it. (laughs) But that's funny. Over the past five years, however, I've encouraged both of my children, they don't drink pop anymore. So they've made that commitment to be healthier. And, um, my youngest daughter recently, I am allergic to chocolate. If I ate chocolate at any point, my face, I mean, just my skin rebels and she has the same thing. So as soon as she gave that up, she, her skin has been clear. So it's not something like, is it in the form of acne or yes? Yeah. Just from the chocolate. And she noticed that once, and I am the same way, if I would ever eat that at any time. 
That's interesting. That's something I struggled with acne growing up, but I never. Right. It but, was like growing up, I didn't ever even consider what I was eating. I just thought it was. Exactly. But as we read and looked at things, the things that we do, that we do eat, of course, and greasy items affect what comes out in our pores and our skin, which is goes back to our nutrition, mm-hmm. which is important. You are what you eat. You are. <laughs> and they say your cells every month, what you are eating is what your cells are regenerating from. Yeah. So I'm, I'm just curious about cooking because this, okay. this is my struggle right now. Is, okay. Um, you know, buying groceries and feeding my family and, mm-hmm. and they're teenagers, so they're eating a lot. Um, do you cook a meal for them and then a meal for you? Yes. Okay. I cook separately, but try to encourage them to make better choices. <laughs> um, and I have found some choices that they would rather have that are better for them. And I think it's, especially with, with my children, just trying to encourage them to gradually try some new things. Yeah. And, to, and over time, they are finding new things that they like to eat that are better for them. Yeah, I mean, that's what we've done. Like, I've, I've slowly stopped buying, you know. Everybody always, like, when they come to our house, there's not ever anything to drink. <laughs> like, well, we have water and milk. There's some orange juice. And you have to be careful with orange juice because there's right. a lot of sugar in it. But, um, you know, growing up, we would make sweet tea. Or, mm-hmm. At my mom's, we had sweet tea. And at my dad's, we had mm-hmm. originally Pepsi, but I switched him over to Dr. Pepper. He blames me <laughs> for his Dr. Pepper addiction. So um, that's something that I've slowly changed. So, um, But I think for me, it's the, um, taking the time to figure out what to feed everybody and then taking the time to look at the ingredients of what you're feeding them. So that's, that can be time consuming and overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Um, which may be why I eat a lot of the same things because I found what works and I can meal prep and take my lunch with me every day and have plenty of snacks and good items that are there to keep my blood sugar from spiking during the day. Mm-hmm. So I'm eating generally a little bit throughout the day. So I'm not hungry all at once. Yeah. And I'm faithfully just carry my lunchbox with me everywhere. And everyone knows that it's, it's going to be there. <laughs> but that's a, that's a good habit of having everything on hand so that you're not tempted or distracted from uh, going away from your plan. Yeah. I mean, I'm slowly getting better at that. Um, it's, it's a time commitment because I'm also like, I'm trying to, you know, take care of it on the weekends to get ready for right. the week. And then you want to, I want to whine about that because, you know, obviously I like to be lazy and do other things in my life. But so that's, you know, a little bit of a struggle. But I think, again, it goes back to kind of the progress over perfection. Um, but do you think that, um, do you feel like eating the, the same things you do, you're getting the proper nutrition? Yes. Okay. okay. And, and of course, my energy level and how I'm feeling and like I said um, especially for the longer runs I know just about how much little bit more to go into that but of course I am a always said I wouldn't be a calorie counter but I am just to make sure that I'm getting the nutrition that I need yeah I thought and like I'm around Wendy 
Oh, we used to be around you a lot more mm-hmm. when, we were work, when I was working out with you. But I, at some point in time, I thought I heard you say you don't take a multivitamin, right? I do not. Okay. And the purpose is I, for my own trainer that I had starting out, it was always ingrained, learn to eat right. Yeah. The vitamins are in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, sweet potatoes, any type of plant-based food, there are a lot of vitamins in there. And um, if you're, you know, baking those items or, or boiling them and things like that, and you're, you're not taking as much of the nutrients out. So you're getting those vitamins. And, of course, I make sure that I have all of that. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's something I, every day I'm like, everybody take your vitamins. <laughs> I think right. it's just a lifelong. It was but isn't it true that that the reason that most people do want to take a supplement is they feel they're not getting that in mm-hmm. Right. Based on what they're eating, though. Yeah. And for me, I would say I'm like 60 to 70% there. Yes. So today we had cinnamon rolls for very well because that was the request and they requested it last week when I was buying groceries like my kids have figured out right. if they don't request something that's not good for you like probably it not will not buy. show up so they requested cinnamon rolls right so I went ahead and bought them so this morning guess what I had one um so I think it's for me. I don't know eventually if I'll ever get there. But well, that's when you tell your children to hide it, <laughs> <laughs> and don't tell, and not to tell you where it is. And that was okay. We called it the syndrome, and I didn't, I didn't know where it was located, and that was okay because then they could still have something sweet. And I wasn't denying them that, but yet I didn't want to know it was there. Yeah. And now I'm more disciplined than that because I'm like, I really don't need that. Yeah, I think I'll get there eventually. I'm definitely not. But I woke up today and I'm never eating sugar. That is the process because when the temptation's there, it. And I live with two two people that have major sweet. Okay, so that makes it really it's really hard on them. I always feel like we don't have anything to eat in the house. Um, Okay, that's kind of. um, I guess we got a little off track about uh, mental health, but. So just a couple of quick, easy questions about exercising. Mm-hmm. Um, I already know the answer to this, but do you prefer running over other forms of exercise? I would have probably a couple of years ago, I would have said, yes, I just love running and things like that. But over the past, I would say two to three years, cross training, weight training and running all go together. Um, Cross training and weight training make me a better runner. Running makes me a better cross trainer and weight trainer because it all goes together. And that goes with just proof of my split times and things like that decreasing over the years continuously. Do you remember like the very first time you ran a 5K, what your time was? Yes, I do. Okay. Um, Are you going to share with me? Yes, that's fine. Uh, My first time was in the 28 minutes, which really wasn't bad for my first time. Uh, but now considering I can run in, you know, the 22s, that's a little bit of a difference. Yeah. There. So when you ran 28 minutes, did you run, had you been running for a long time when you finally did that? No. The funny thing is I ran a 5k for the first time before the day before that race, just to see if I could do it. 
Yeah. So you ran the whole, you would make sure you could run. I made sure that I could run the whole distance before I signed up yeah. to the next Still day. not really that bad of a time. <laughs> no, but I just, you know, at that time I was like, well, I don't even know if I can run a whole 3.1 miles. Yeah. I don't think I could today, but <laughs> I used to could. Um, so just because I want to brag on Wendy a little bit. So your first time was in the 28th. What's your fastest time? Well, I've gotten down, I think at one time it was like in the 21. Yeah, and that's pretty fast for me. Anyway, it's pretty good. Okay, so what about a uh, half marathon? Did you Have you read more than one half yes. marathon? So what was your first half marathon? My first half marathon really had a rough time there. Um, I ran like a 207, but I wore a long sleeve shirt and tights, and I will never do that again. Just too much. It was I overheated in that time, and not that being my first one. And it was kind of cool when I started, and overheated. Yeah, it was awful. Yeah, learning, learning experience. Yeah. So two oh seven was your first. My first time. So what's your fastest? I just ran one in February, so that would been like two years later. It took me two years to even run a half, just because I wanted to, you know, try to be competitive. So it was heartbreaking. So I got it down to one fifty actually two years later, and I just ran that same race, and I ran a one forty seven. So I dropped it three more. So what is that like? What is that? Per minute or per uh, pace, uh, pace wise, I think it was eight eight eleven, which isn't bad for half for me. Yeah, <laughs> for the rest of the world, it's amazing. <laughs> okay, so marathon. Yes. When did you run your first marathon? Um, it was probably close to three years after I started, just to make sure that I could run the distance. And it took me four hours and two minutes. And then what was your, have you ran, you ran another marathon or you haven't? No, I, I wanted to wait. I wanted to do a better job and I feel like I will. Yeah. So this will be my second. I know you will. Time <laughs> over perfection. I can't wait till it's perfect. Well, you're gonna, you'll do it. But we want to try to be competitive. You're right. You're right. Wendy's very competitive. <laughs> okay. So that's kind of, um, the end of my quizzing you about diet and exercise and stuff. Um, so there's three questions I usually like to ask people to okay. the end. Um, and I kind of made this one specifically, tailored it to you. But what is one thing that has strengthened your roots and made you feel like you're a better person because of it? Well, of course, my faith in God, my, my family, of course, my career and exercising definitely has has been a push to help me be stronger mentally and physically. Yeah. I think, um, you know, faith, family, exercise, and, right. and of course, pretty friends. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. you got lots of running friends. Right. But that, friends. that support of all of those is, is what's most important. Yeah. I think, you know, kind of life is what you make it, and you've – been able to strengthen yourself through all those avenues. So that's really, that's a really good answer. Okay. What is one food that was hard for you to give up, but you know, you are better because of it. Um, I would probably say there were some fried items, <laughs> you know, because I went to everything being baked and, and pretty plain Jane, but 
I don't, I don't really miss it anymore. Yeah, I would say, but that would be hard. And some of the spicy things that um, you would find over time that your body, if you did ever try to eat it again, it kind of rebels. Yeah, because it's not, it's not used to that. Right. Yeah. So fried. Did you have a favorite fried food? Probably fish. Fish. Right. Which I get to have fish and things like that. I just bake everything. Oh yeah. <laughs> Um, so that kind of answers my question like what did you replace it with you just went from frying it to baking it mm-hmm. okay Okay. last question do you have one many habit either good or bad that you have changed that has lasted and been helpful definitely I went to an all cash system uh, a couple years back because I was I don't feel that I was very good at managing and keeping up with things, obviously, <laughs> because I had other things I wanted to do. That yeah. was it. So it was easier for me to go to an all cash system and think, okay, everything goes to its place. And then when it's gone, it's gone. And it's harder to spend cash, as you it will is. find. I think that's a proven fact because it's it's harder to let go of right. and when you swap a debit card <laughs> zip zip as I call it yeah it's, there's, it's that emotional uh, well attachment or it's hard to, you're having to do mental math too yes. like if you're having to check out at the grocery line you're right. having to do the math and, and versus opening that envelope and hoping there's enough money in there yes I think it's kind of not like my disassociation of food people disassociate you know we kind of disassociate from that money when we just zip zip Versus, oh, wow, I'm going to really think about this before I hand that over. Mm -hmm. And to me, that helps you make better choices as to what you're going to use it on. Yeah. So I I personally don't do all cash, but I do keep up with every dime I spend. And I would probably say I falter on the very nerdy side because I have a spreadsheet that I keep up with. Well, it's probably not. That's a good thing. Well, you're a financial advisor. <laughs> yes. But I will say when I do pay, it is, I think if I paid with cash, it would be a different feeling. Than the only thing that keeps me motivated is that I have a friend that I have a competition with oh, each wow. month and we try to see who can spend the least amount on a grocery and house. Oh, wow. So, you know, that's a good motivator if you're looking for a reason. That's to true. Accountability right yeah. there. Yeah. And we do like a percentage or, you know, because she has uh, two more kids than I do. Oh, wow. So it's not really yes. fair. Well, she's treating more people than I am. So kind of a percentage. But. So anyway, um, I want to thank Wendy for coming on the podcast. And if you live in the Valiant area, Valiant, Oklahoma area, and you're interested in training with Wendy, um, I will link her Facebook page and Instagram page, but uh, you can reach her on there and she'd probably be glad to find some to to work out. So anything else you want to add? think I'm good. Thank you for having me. Well, thanks for coming on. And that will about do it for this week's episode of Wine and Dime. You can visit Amy on the web at irvineadvise.com. Or you can follow her on Twitter at Amy Irvine Advise. Or on her Facebook page, Irvine Wealth Planning Strategies. If you have any questions, comments, or topics that you would like to hear about, feel free to contact us through Twitter or Facebook. We will do our best to answer your questions. We would love to hear from you.
and thank you for listening.